Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome welcome to the Dadon Tolbert Show. I am your host, Dadon Tolbert. Um, you know, everyone has been talking about this election, uh, the debate uh, from Monday night, and, you know, it's, you know, whether it's social media, whether it's the news, whether it's, you know, in the barbershops, pretty much everywhere, uh, people are talking about Hillary Clinton, they're talking about Donald Trump, and um, I wanted to uh, come back live today to to you know many of you tuned in on uh, what was that Friday where I did the uh, I'm sorry no no Monday where I, where I did the preview show and uh, kind of told you what to look out for what to expect from Monday night's debate and so we you know we saw the debate everyone's talking about it. so I want to come back today with a uh, debate recap special show. And uh, just kind of talking about reaction, you know, my personal thoughts about it, you know, you guys' uh, you know, thoughts on it from what I've seen, you know, people I've talked to, and um, just kind of do it that way. Um, there's a lot of – there were a lot of topics that, that came about that got brought to the forefront uh, on the uh, – you know, on Monday night, uh, one of those being the stop and frisk law. And uh, I wanted to spend a little bit of time later on in the show – discussing, you know, what that, you know, just my thoughts on it, you know, what that entails, what it's all about. Um, you know, I, there is a, 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 what's the word I'm looking for, a very negative connotation associated, you know, with stop and frisk. And I just wanted to talk about that proposed solution um, as well as, you know, talk about some of the positives, some of the negatives, um, some, some, you know, the upsides, downsides, and just kind of get into a dialogue about and can really continue the dialogue because that's something I've discussed over the years is, you know, not just stop and frisk, but ways to get these guns off the street, ways to, uh, you know, cut down on gang violence um, and just violence in general. And um, and so, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I want to do uh, today. Um, and it's not going to be a super long show because, you know, like I said, I've been live the last couple of days, so I'm happy that, you know, I was able to get a lot out um, going back to Friday on my special on uh, on the, the Terrence Crutcher shooting, the Charlotte, you know, uh, protests and riots and, and things like that. So a lot, of, uh, a lot of good shows the last few days. I want to start today's show off with actually a, a Bible verse, a scripture, uh, from James four four, because I think that and you know, I think, but I know, and it's unfortunate that when you look at this this election season, when you look at politics in general, you know you you know I mentioned this the other day when I was like, you, you're not seeing people and even Christians consulting God or or incorporating God and spirituality into the conversation. You know what I'm saying into their their thought process, and you know one of the scriptures that comes to mind when I think about this whole thing is James four four, that says, "You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God." You know, and I thought that scripture was interesting. Because, you know, you, you look at the media <clears throat> and they have you to believe, they want you to believe that, you know, it, it, it's all about celebrities and it's all about the world or things that the world, you know, puts on a pedestal as being important or 
people who the world says should be loved and worshipped and idolized. You know, and if you look at the word, then obviously that is not case. And, you know, what I've found is that we're seeing a lot of people who have lost faith in God, who have lost their way, who are relying on the political process to save them. You know, a lot of people are struggling financially. They're struggling, uh, you know, with their family. They're struggling, you know, they see things in the community as far as uh, violence. And, and they're relying on, and there was once a time when we, when people would pray. Like they would see the, you know, see their finances going down the tubes. They see, you know, death and despair and, you know, and they would pray. They'd go to church. They'd turn to God, you know. But unfortunately, that's not what's happening nowadays. What's happening nowadays is people are relying on and turning to, you know, really the people responsible for all this stuff, the government, the president, you know, and, uh, you know, the media. And and uh, obviously none of those things are going to save you. None of those things are going to improve your situation. And so I just wanted to start off with that because that, that has to be the foundation, you know, loved by the world. You look at people, you know, loving Barack Obama. You know what I'm saying? And this is something I posted about uh, the other day about Hillary Clinton. You know, people love Hillary Clinton, but that's really not the case, though, is it? And one of the things I said was I said that one of the craziest things about this election season is that people have allowed Donald Trump convert them into Hillary Clinton fans, when the reality is that she doesn't give a damn about black people, you know, or the poor people. I said that, in fact... She's a true racist who can't be trusted. And I really want people to think about that because deep down, this is amazing to me, no one really likes Hillary Clinton. I mean, you know, even the news says that. They, they say, well, you know, this is, these are two of the most unpopular presidents or presidential candidates in history. And I said, well, really? I said, I can't tell. I said, let, let the people tell, let social media tell it. Hillary Clinton is everybody's best friend. She's, you know, she's like the this, this savior, the second coming. You know, let people, the way people describe her and the way people argue and defend her, you know, and it's amazing that none of that, none of that would be possible without Donald Trump. You know, and what, and what people have to really, before we even get into the debate, before we get into anything else, you have to understand what is happening here. This entire process is rigged. People need to understand that, you know, the office of the presidency is for sale. Everything in this country is for sale. You can buy elections. You can buy politicians. Bernie Sanders has talked about it. Donald Trump has talked about it. Everyone who knows anything about politics should know that, you know, politics are for sale. You know, And, and so Hillary Clinton, if you look at, the people, the mainstream media, the government, she is in tight with those people. She's been paid very handsomely, you know, for for policy, for for all types of stuff that she's put into place, traveling around the world, the Clinton Foundation. These are this is a corrupt organization, guys. She is she has been bought and paid for. And if if and you know, if she gets into the White House, you're gonna see a lot of policy put into place as a specific result of her being there. And you got to follow the money. You got to follow who, you know, who's who's giving her this money. How did she become so rich? Her and her husband. You know, how where is this money coming from? Where's where are these campaign dollars coming from? 
These are people who have bought and paid for the election. I mean, it's, a, it's no coincidence you turn on CNN, you turn on NBC any time of day, all day, and they're literally bashing Trump. You know, they're bashing Trump at nonstop. And then you, and you don't hear anything negative about Hillary Clinton. I, I watch the news. I watch CNN. I, watch, I wake up, I turn on the, you know, CNN or the Today Show or wherever. It doesn't matter what station you turn on, guys. It's 100% biased against anyone saying anything negative about Hillary Clinton. Does anyone know? Am I, am I the only person in America who sees this stuff? It's the, I mean, the mainstream media is the most non-objective, and I, you can't even call them news. If you talk about news, you need to be talking about, you know, ob- objectivity. But every single station is 100% for Clinton, and it's not, it's not even the station. It's like they will literally hire these, these, these pundits, these quote-unquote experts. Come on these shows. Come on the Today Show. Talk to Matt Lauer. Talk to Chris Como, you know, and, and just bash Donald Trump and express their, their just entire their dislike for the Republican Party. And it's like, wait, is this, a, is this you know, objective or, or what, what is this? I mean, like you're paying these people, these guests, who come on there with, and you already know how they feel. I mean, it's not a coincidence that, you know, you only see people on certain stations who who only think a certain type of way. Like, has anyone noticed that? You, you see what I'm saying? And that's not right. The, and my point is, the reason for that is because these people, this election has been bought. And so when you buy something, you want it to be done properly, right? I mean, if you if you're gonna buy someone or something. You expect that job to be done right. So Hillary Clinton has bought this election. You know, the people the people controlling her have bought this election and everything that comes along with it. And so what we have to do is we have to, we have to look at the agenda and understand um, what is happening. And then and only then can we make an informed decision about how we want to proceed. Okay? But, yeah, definitely keep that, that scripture first, other scriptures first, um, and, and just overall God's word first, okay? Now, let's talk about the election real quick. Let's get into the election. You know, the election, oh, excuse me, the, uh, I'm sorry, the election debate, the first presidential debate. I'm sorry. But y'all got me all, you know what I mean? I'm all over the place. Stuff gets me riled up. But the debate was Monday night. Now, one of the things that I said on um, on the other night was that, on social media, was that, and I, this is really kind of a joke, but it, it's funny because I got a lot of people riled up. I got a lot of people, you know, uh, commenting that people I haven't talked to in a, you know, in a very long time, which is interesting in and of itself. But I said, I'm sorry, Democrats. I said, but Hillary Clinton should just retire after tonight's debate. I said that late Monday night. And I believe that. I mean, I'm, you know, I'll be honest. You ever heard like some of these these diss records? You know what I'm saying? Like, like, you know, you think back in history. You know, uh, Nas when he came out with Ether, and it was just like, okay, you know what I'm saying? Like, Jay Z was like, okay, I, I I lost that battle, and Jay Z will tell you he lost that battle. I mean, he got destroyed. You know what I'm saying? You look at Drake and Meek Mill. It's like when Drake came out with Back to Back. It's like okay, don't you know what I mean? Like that's it, you battle over. It's it's a it's a rap. You Meek Mill lost. Like it is what it is. 
you know. And and to me, I mean, honestly, this is this was that. Like I I've watched, and I tell you guys this all the time. I've watched every single debate, you know, and, and from from an objective standpoint, you know, from an objective. I don't like Hillary Clinton. I really I don't really like Donald Trump, to be quite honest with you. And so I you know I have no dog in this race, so to speak. And so I watched the you know I don't even like the political process to be to be quite frank with you. You know, I know what it is. I know it's rigged. I know it's fake. I get it, you know. And so that's why I can speak about it objective. Um, you know, these guys, these candidates have sold their souls, you know. I mean, there's no doubt about that. You can't, under, you can't not look at this stuff for what it is. These are not good people. Not, Donald Trump, Trump is not a good person. Hillary Clinton is not a good person. Barack Obama is not a good person. Anyone who subjects themselves to fame, fortune, wealth, power, is not a good person because if you look at what the word in the Bible says about that, again, friendship with the world, being loved by the world, that means you're an enemy of God. And guess what? If you're an enemy of God, you are not a good person. You know that, right? Otherwise, you'd be a friend of God. And people don't want to talk about it from that perspective, but you have to talk about it from that perspective. You know, because everyone loves Barack Obama. But I mean, let's you guys tell me, based on this scripture, wouldn't if if we're talking about one of the most popular presidents of all time, wouldn't that classify him as being what the word says, a friend of the world? Right. I mean, I mean I'm just asking. I'm not telling. I'm asking. I mean, based on my perspective, that's exactly what it says. That's exactly what it would make him a friend of the world, which would make him an enemy of God, just like Clinton, just like Trump, any anyone. These celebrities, Jay-Z, Beyonce, whoever, these are not friends of God, okay? And so what we have to understand is when you look at the debate, I'm not talking about, I mean, I, you know, we, we can tell you who, who won the debate or who lost the debate. Guess what? They all lost because they're going to hell, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Unless these people are out here, you know, changing their ways and they say, hey, look, you know what, I, I you know, I, I love Jesus Christ. I accept the Lord, you know, as my Lord and Savior. Accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Guess what, God? You know what that means, you know. Otherwise, so, so there is no winner if you're if you're an enemy of God. There's no there's no winner of the debate, you know. So, but but if we're gonna talk about it, if we're gonna put all that to the side for a few minutes, and we're gonna talk about it from just a simply, you know, uh, worldly standpoint. Then you know we're going to talk about the actual debate and who won, who lost, did Donna, you know, who best presented their points. Well, then we you know we can do that, but I think first what we have to do is is define, you know, what is a, um, you know, what is the objective of a debate. You know, if we're talking about the presidential debate, what is the point of it? Like, why do they get up there on that stage and and talk? for an hour, for two hours. point of it is you want to, as a candidate for president of the United States or any position where you're debating, you want to, one, prove your agenda. You want to, excuse me, present your agenda. Then you want to, you know, prove it, you know, present it, then prove it. You want to make your points. And then you also want to try your best to discredit and disprove your, your opponent's platform, right? So if you're Donald Trump, you want to show, okay, this is why you should vote for me. If you're Hillary Clinton, this is why you should vote for me. 
if you're Hillary Clinton, you want to say, these are reasons why you should not be voting for Donald Trump. Same thing with Trump. These are reasons why you should vote for me and why you should not vote for Hillary Clinton. That really, in a nutshell, is, is the overall objective for candidates participating in a presidential debate. Uh, and so based on that, based on those parameters, that's how you determine at the end of the night who was the winner and who was the loser. So that's how you, that's how you have to look at it. Now, the problem with that is, and, and I mentioned this earlier, is that, you know, all things being equal, you would be able to do that, you know, and, and you'd be able to say at the end of the night, okay, this candidate did this, this candidate did that. Okay, based on these parameters, you won. Based on these parameters, you lost. But the problem with it is you have this media bias and you have this media propaganda. And the media controls what we'll think. They control how, how you will feel after you leave that debate. Because after, right after the debate, it's not just the debate, then you have the, uh, you know, you have the, uh, what do you call it? You know, the people come on with their analyzations and their interviews and they have the roundtable discussions on who said what, and then you got the, the fact checkers. And, and, you know, people don't just turn off the debate. They, can, they watch that stuff. So based on that, that's how you're going to go to bed feeling in your mind about who won, or, and that's what's going to shape, in many cases, your opinion, not just what you heard. And I, the craziest thing I saw the whole night, not the debate, but the, one of the craziest things I heard, they were doing this uh, interview with this regular person, just a, a, an undecided voter. And he was like, yeah, you know, I watched the debate. And he was like, you know what? I kind of, he's like, yeah, I watched the debate. Actually, I watched, he's like, I watched a little bit. He's like, I don't really like watching the debate. I really like watching the experts come on after, and, you know, or even during the debate on the commercials or, or after. And I kind of like listen to them and see what they think. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm just like, I was like flabbergasted. I couldn't believe he said, I don't know if y'all saw that guy he interviewed. I'm like, what the heck is that? I'm like, you don't, you, you don't even watch the debate. He said he doesn't even really watch all of it like that. He watches some of it, but the main thing he pays attention to is the experts and the pundits talking about it after the fact. And that, he said that's how he, he shapes his opinion. I'm like, so you, you're, you're basing your opinion off of these paid informants put in place specifically to influence your opinion. See, a lot of people don't understand that. See, I'm a, I'm a communications major in, in college. That's what I did in college. Journalism is what I, uh, what I uh, minored in. You know, so journalism, I have a journalistic background, okay? And in journalism, they teach you that. They teach you it's all about perception. You know, they teach you specific ways to influence people's opinions based on what you want them to think. Like they, they even talk about when you're writing an article. I remember a class, a specific class I took on writing. And they said, hey, this is how you want to you know, speak, and this is how you want to write in order to get someone to believe you, even if they don't believe it themselves. If you do X, Y, and Z things, you will be successful in getting them to believe what you want them to believe. People don't understand. They teach you this stuff college and these journalism classes, these broadcasting uh, classes, that's called media bias and media propaganda. You see all of it. They tell you exactly what they want you to think and they, what they want you to believe. Now watch this. 
and like I told you, they, they get and they put these people, they sprinkle them all throughout, whether it's the moderators. I mean, even Lester Holt has no balls, no testicles, no backbone. You know, these people, Anderson Cooper, who's obviously for a homosexual agenda. He's a freaking gay man. Lester Holt, you know, putting a black man put in this position to lead the, the you know, the most popular news uh, broadcast in the entire world, NBC Nightly News. You know, so and it's obvious, you know, whose side they're on. So it's no surprise, you know, Matt Lauer, all these people, it's obvious who they're supporting. And you can't help but to see that. You know what I mean? There's no one who can look at these, you know, these, whether it's Lester Holt moderating it or Anderson Cooper or any of these people, there's no way you can look at them and not know who they're supporting, not know whose side they are. It's, they don't even try to hide it. They don't even try to not be objective. You know, excuse, they don't even try to be objective. It's obvious what's going on. You know, Lester, I mean, you know, everything Donald Trump, Lester Holt is, you know, badgering and badgering. You know, Hillary Clinton just is allowed to say and do whatever she wants. And I'm, like I said, I'm just talking to you. I'm just reporting this stuff from, what, from how I saw it. You know what I'm saying? Straight down. Like, I'm being honest with you. Like, I'm not saying things that aren't true. I'm not trying to influence. I'm telling you what I saw. And if anyone is being honest, you saw the same thing. It was no possible way any of these news sources are in that debate was in any way non-biased or 100% objective. Now, after the after, – I'm going to talk about the debate, but after the debate, all the networks were bashing Trump and saying how horrible of a job he did, and they were projecting Clinton as the winner. Now, you know, what I, it was weird because right after I watched it, watched, watched the debate, I thought of boxing. You know what I'm saying? I thought of a boxing match. And you know how, like, you've seen some, like, uh, uh, you watch, you have a fight. I like to have fight parties at my house. I like to go to fight parties. You know what I'm saying? So I'll be watching the fight. We're all laughing. We're joking. having a good time. And everyone's watching the fight. And in most cases, a lot of these, like, whether it's Mayweather or whoever, like, it's obvious who won the fight in, in many cases. Like, aside, aside from a, a knockout, you know, even if it's not a knockout, you kind of know, like, all right, Mayweather, he's he's not getting hit. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's not, the guy is not hitting him. Manny Pacquiao didn't really touch him too much. So Floyd won the fight. So imagine if after the fight, let's say Pacquiao and Manny, after the fight, they're like, yeah, you know, and, you know, winner and, and new champion, Manny Pacquiao. Like, you'd be like, what? What fight were you watching? You know what I'm saying? Manny Pacquiao did not beat Floyd Mayweather. But, you know, no one would say he won. But if, if, if the judges said that he won, you'd be looking at the judges like, yo, this thing is rigged. And I'm being honest with you. That's how I felt. That's how I felt. Because I'm watching the debate. I'm watching the points. I'm watching. You know, and, again, I'm not a Donald Trump supporter. But I, I cannot stand media bias and media propaganda. For them to sit up there and say that he performed horribly and he, you know, he uh, just was, I mean, he lost and he was just, it was like all this stuff. I'm like, what, what were you watching? Now, let's talk about why I'm saying that. Because remember, keep in mind the parameters that, that have been put in place for and criteria for 
who is the winner. Like, you know what I mean? What, what the point of a debate is to determine a winner. Again, you want to, people should vote for you and to disprove the points of your opponent and to show why people should not vote for that person. Now, let's, let's look at Clinton. What was her objective? If I was her campaign manager, you know, her campaign strategist, you know, I would, if I was her, what I would want to do is, you know, say how I am experienced, how I am fit to lead this country, I'm even-tempered, I, you know, um, have these are my policies, these are things I want to do, these are people who have uh, endorsed me. But when it comes to Donald Trump, her opponent, if I was her campaign strategist, I would be wanting to paint him as a bad businessman. You know, you can look at, uh, you know, some of the, he's filed uh, bankruptcy, you know, for some of his businesses, which if anyone knows about businesses, that's not, doesn't necessarily mean you're a, uh, a bad businessman in many cases, it means, you, you know, you're doing some things right. But, again, that, that that's just what, what I would be trying to do if I was her. You want to paint him as a bad businessman, and, and you have all these different things that you can do that with, whether it's the uh, Trump University and, you know, different things. That's what I would want to do. Another thing I would want to do is, is perpetuate this media uh, uh, assessment, you know, that, uh, Donald Trump is a racist. You know, we want to run with that. You know, go back to the whole Mexico thing, and I talked about that the you know Monday night that whole thing. Um, that would be something I would want to you know talk about. I would want to talk about you know talk about the uh, you know the the lawsuits filed with you know his housing you know projects you know back in the day twenty years ago and different things like that. You know, I would want to uh, you know kind of pounce on his inexperience. You know, in politics, uh, not necessarily business, but politics, I want to talk about, you know, some of his his uh, things that he said, you know, or, or lack of knowledge that he's had about different things going on internationally. You know, I want to talk about foreign policy and really pro- get him to lay out, you know, what his actual plan, you know, for some of this stuff would be. And that, if I, so those would be the main talking points if I was a Hillary Clinton strategist, if, and if, if she effectively did those things, you know, then that would be the, the foundation for saying that she was the winner, right? I, you know, that's what I would do if I was her or, or her strategist. So, now, if I was Donald Trump, okay, the same thing. You have a strategy that you need to put in place. Now, this is what I would do. If I was in the Trump camp, I would want to focus on Hillary Clinton as being untrustworthy, right? I mean, that's pretty much the consensus. Like, that's not – this is amazing to me. It's just really amazing that – I mean, that's the consensus. Everyone doesn't trust Hillary Clinton. You know, you look at her history. You look at how she speaks. Look at her avoidance of questions. She doesn't – she's not trustworthy. She lies. She has a history of lying. You know what I mean? She she has a history of corruption. You know, you look at the, you know, how do you, if you're a, she talks about how she has this 20, 30-year career, you know, of being a public servant, whether it's in the Senate and doing different things, it's just like, well, you, you've made an astronomical, you know, amount of money. Like, you're a multimillionaire. 
You know, like where where is this money coming from? These these speaking engagements, these speaking engagements where you're paid, you know, two hundred thousand dollars, two hundred fifty thousand dollars for a, a one hour, two hour speech, but yet you refuse to release the transcripts from these speeches so that people can because these are closed events. I don't think the media doesn't really focus on this, but I know this stuff because I'm smart and I research. But a lot of people don't understand that, like when you like, if you go to speak somewhere, if you're an invited guest, those doors are closed. This is, we're not talking about a campaign speech. We're not talking about a debate. We're not talking about anything government-oriented. We're talking about, you know, these private, these exclusive, you know, meetings, many of them fundraisers, you know, and where you're invited to speak. And these people, so there is no media there. There is no press there. These are closed events. And so it's like no one knows what what was spoken about in, in those places. No one knows what that was what, what she what promises were made. And so what people are, you know, what people what I would do if I was a, a Trump strategist is say, well, you know, where are the transcripts? And this has been talked about. What was spoken about? What what are you telling these people? What was this speech actually about that warranted you being paid $250,000? Now, Bernie Sanders uh, touched on this. Bernie Sanders talked. He said, look, what, what, what's going on here? Like, you're going to these billionaire companies, right, and they're paying you $250,000 $250, to speak, but you, wanna, you talk about you represent the people? But you, come on. Like it's not so. So that's what I would focus on if I was a Bernie Sanders strategist back in the day. If I was a Trump strategist, what was what was spoken about? Why did they pay you two hundred fifty thousand dollars? You know what I'm saying? Let, no if I don't tell me. Like, let me just see the transcript. Let's see what it was. You know, and so so you, so you got that piece of it, and then you got. I mean, and to me, I don't understand. I really don't understand this. Well, I do, it's, it's, which is unfortunate, but you have these emails, you know what I mean? And Bernie Sanders, he would be, he would be running for president, you know, right now if he, if he actually had some, some, some balls, some testicles. But he caved in and he said, enough of the damn emails, enough of the damn emails. And I'm just like, what do you, enough of the emails? What do you like? What do you talk like? That's not enough. You can't say enough of the emails. The emails are is are, you know are what lays the foundation of her corruption. Like if you have if you're a government official and you you take classified information, forget even classified because that's under debate. But you take information from your job. And you forward that to your personal email, or you're taking information and discussing it through your regular email. You're emailing people who are not supposed to see this information, right? Well, that is not. You can get fired for that. Like, imagine that. Like, if you like, I've been in banking. I have, I have a long career in banking. You, you know, we weren't allowed to do that. Like, if you were caught accessing bank information and forwarding things to your personal email or sharing people's banking information 
with with outsiders, people who are not bank officials, you you could be fired and potentially prosecuted. They tell you this when you get hired. You know, so we're not, I mean, that's, and that's, in, that's if you work for PNC Bank. That's if you work for Bank of America, right? So just imagine if you're doing that type of stuff as, as Secretary of State, you know, you're, you're and then so you're doing this, you're sharing this stuff on your, pers- your personal email, 30,000 emails, and then it becomes known that you're doing this, and then, and then to cover it up, you delete these emails, right? You delete it. Whoa, I, was, I got caught, so let me delete these emails so I don't get in trouble. And then it becomes known that you deleted the emails, and then the emails are recovered. Because, you know, nothing is ever really deleted. They recover the emails. And now they're in the process. They're still in the process. And this is where the corruption comes in and where the whole system being rigged comes in. They've recovered these emails, and they went through the emails, and they found that, yes, okay, there was very sensitive documents in these emails, sensitive information in these emails, you know, but only certain documents were, were considered classified, which would make it a, a legal issue, a criminal issue, but it's all sensitive. And and you see what I'm saying? It's all said. Now, whether or not it's criminal is a totally different issue. That's She could have gone to jail. Forget her not being trusted. But do you guys understand what's happening? If, if certain – she was, like, borderline about to be prosecuted, like criminally prosecuted. You understand that? And so that didn't happen. But either way, it's still extremely inappropriate and extremely dishonest. And so when you hear people say things like, well, she can't be trusted or she – I want people to really understand what that means. If, if she couldn't be trusted as Secretary of State, how can she be trusted as President of the United States? And so these are some of the points that I would focus on if I was in Donald Trump's camp. Now, you, so not just that, though. The third thing is that you want to focus on with Hillary Clinton is you want to focus on her, her foreign policy. You want to focus on this this horrible, horrible Iran deal. Uh, you know, you want to focus on uh, just things, how things are with uh, North Korea. You want to look at Syria. You want to look at Libya. You want to look at Benghazi. And these are all major, major, major catastrophes. You know, as Secretary of State, she was responsible for really our foreign policy. You know, with no experience in that area whatsoever when she took the job. But that was her job. And if you look at terrorism, if you look at, you know, Benghazi, everyone knows what that was. Or, unfortunately, many people don't know what that was, which is why so many people are voting for her. You know, you look at everything that's going on and just, you know, how bad things have been internationally. Because I'm looking, I hear people saying, well, you know, Donald Trump, he doesn't have any experience, and he can't do this and that. And he, this is what he would do. I mean, with, with Donald Trump, all you can do is talk about hypotheticals. And I've talked about this before, but I feel like it's important to talk about it again because with Hillary Clinton, you do know what she would do, right? We see. I mean, we're talking about hospitals that were bombed. There have been more dead 
children and women killed internationally via drone strikes than any president, you know, presidential administration in history. So, I mean, things are horrible right now. We're like at war with everybody right now. You know what I'm saying? It's horrible. She's done a horrible job internationally. That's not a question. That is not a question that anyone should have. No one can say, oh, yeah, you know what? I, I look around the world and I look at our relationships around the world internationally. I look at trade. And I, you know what? I think Hillary Clinton's really done a good job as secretary, secretary of state. She has not. You understand that? So, yes, she has experience, but that experience is not good experience. It's bad experience. So these are the things that I would be focusing on if I was in Donald Trump's uh, camp. So those, so, so from both sides, those are things that Clinton people want to focus on, and these are things that Donald Trump would want to focus on. Now, I'm watching now. So the question, here's the question. The question then has to be, at the end of the debate, who did those things most effectively, right? You know, who took those talking points, who took those main points and, and, and drove them home most effectively? Who won the boxing match? Who won the fight? You, you understand that? Who left a, a, a more lasting impression on the people and the audience and the people, the 80 million people watching around the world? You know, and this is just me, Dadon Tolbert, talking right now. I, I, don't, I think Donald Trump won the debate. You know what I mean? When you look at those points, and me as, as someone just listening, watching, I, I did not leave that, you know, that debate feeling like Hillary Clinton destroyed Donald Trump. Like she, like she even the back and forth exchanges. Yes, he overtalked her. You know what I'm saying? Yes, he cut her off many times. You know what I'm saying? Yes, he was rude to her. You, you know, I mean, he, he was. I'm not like I said. I'm not a Donald Trump fan. He was very rude to her. He was, he did cut her off many times. But you can you can if you don't let someone get a word in edgewise and you take your points and you make sure everybody hears your points and you say and the things that are being said because the thing that's the thing the things that are being said are exploiting the main things that you want to exploit. The lies, the corruption, the emails, the bad foreign policy, which is, which are the main points that you want to drive home. And you do that, and if you got to do it by cutting off and do you know whatever you got to do, but that's what you do, and you don't let the other person really get a word in edgewise. I mean, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, how how could Hillary Clinton have won? You know what I mean? It's like if if you're Manny Pacquiao and you can't land a punch on Floyd. How do you win? Floyd, I mean, Manny said, yeah, I think I, I feel like I won the fight. You feel like you won the fight? Like, what, what the heck are you, what, what fight were you watching? You see what I'm saying? It, for me, it was the same thing. Now, you, and, you know, I've been debating about this for the last couple of days, but y'all know, I mean, I watched it. I, why I do politics. Like, I watch this stuff. I, I understand it. And there's no possible way you can look at the most important points and, and take away from that. Hillary Clinton won. Everyone is talking about the fact check. Now, we can talk about the fact check. I, I've been following it. I understand that some of the things were, were reported on both sides. There were certain things that Hillary Clinton said that were not true that turned out not to be true. There were many things that Donald Trump said that also turned out not to be true. 
you know? And so that's the decision. That's stuff that people have to look at, you know what I'm saying, make a decision. But at the same time, you got to look at the things that were true. You got to look at the things that were accurate. You know, they talk in boxing, there's a term called power punches. You could, you could throw a whole bunch of jabs. You could land a whole bunch of jabs. You know, you could throw a whole bunch of little jabs. And you might land more jabs than the other person. But that other person, when they come with their power punch and they actually hurt you, and they tell the jabs from the other guy, they're not hurting you. But that power punch, you know what I'm saying? That stumble, it caused you to stumble. A couple, couple power punches knock you down. Well, who, who's winning the fight? The person who won more jabs? Or the person who, who landed about four or five good power punches that really hurt the person? That's the question to, to be decided. You know, you can't, hey, and, and maybe this is a better analogy. Maybe if you add up all the jabs and so, and what, you know, a person lab, landed more jabs, right? You know, and, so, and those are accumulating points. But the other person had more power punches that hurt the person. Maybe the, the, judge, the judges give it to the person who landed more jabs. But at the end of the day, who really won the fight? Person more. That's for people to, you know, to decide. Now, let's look at let's look at that let's look at some of the actual things, the actual points that were discussed. Because the, one of the interesting things that I've seen from Hillary Clinton and, and and many of the things that I've seen from the media, and if you guys turn on your T V right now to CNN or you know or wherever, you'll see that a lot of the attacks on Donald Trump are not current attacks. Like I turn on the, the for example, I turn on the, the news today and they're talking about some comments that were made in an interview um about a Miss Universe pageant from twenty years ago. You know, he made he said some some comments to this woman. I'm like, okay. Um now that's not to say that those things are not important. That that's not to say that you know, they shouldn't be looked at. But it's like, if you're talking about what some, where someone is right now and you want to talk about the issues and you want to talk about what's important, why are we talking about things from 20 years ago? I'm just, you know, I'm just asking, like, if, you, if you're making it, if I'm running for office, if I say, hey, look, I want to run for office, this is what I've been doing the last few years. This is what I've been doing in my 15, 20-year career. You know, but you know what? Let's let's go back and see what Daydon was doing when he was thirteen years old. You know, when you were thirteen, Daydon, you did you uh you got into a fight and you called this person some names and you got suspended from school for a week. It's like what? I'm I'm thirty eight years old now. Like why are you talking about things that happened when I was thirteen? Right? I mean, I'm just you know that's to me that's the equivalent of it. I mean, look at you guys. One of the irony is one of the biggest debates, a lot of women, they talk about, you know, I'm, I'm dating, I'm looking for love. You know, it doesn't matter how many guys I slept with when I was 19 years old. You know, it shouldn't matter what I did before you. It shouldn't matter what I, the mistakes I've made. And in fact, if you look at the Bible, forgiveness. So, if you look, I mean, it's not to say that, in, I know, you know, spirituality and politics are two very different things. I get that. But I'm just saying, the attacks 
are not current attacks. You know, the attacks are not real in my in my opinion. And I'm, this is just me. The majority of attacks that I'm seeing from, uh, regarding Donald Trump are predicated on this claim from the media that he's a racist. And for me, that is not even not only is it not accurate, but it's not it's it's like you're you're taking things that are you're pulling things out of air because it's all. I mean, there were no claims about Donald Trump being a racist before his comments about Mexico. There, I mean, that that that's where it all started. And then you had the you know the the conversation about uh, Islam and you know Muslims, you know being banned and things like that. But it all started with that whole the whole Mexico thing. And and that was straight. That's nothing but media propaganda. That was not a racist comment. That, that was, I talked about that on Monday night and even Friday. That was not racist. I've said the exact same thing. So that so you have people jumping on this whole thing about race, and and he's not that that wasn't even racist. So that's why you have like without that you wouldn't have, you know, it wouldn't be this whole Muslim thing. It wouldn't be the, the people going back twenty years to. Look at the housing losses because it's all coming from this this thing that oh Donald Trump is a racist or now he's saying things about the Hispanics and that's why they're having the Miss Universe chick come on it's like come on but if you want to talk about the issues let's talk about the issues and I told you guys before if you guys want to you know if you want to talk about you know how inexperienced he is okay let's go with that that's fair cursing and you want to talk about you don't like the fact that he wants to build a wall cool that's policy stuff hey you don't even like the fact that he wants to ban muslims that's a policy thing that's not a race thing people are making that about race it's not about race that's not a racist thing it's hey look if you if you have people in a, a very high highly populated area uh surround you know that had houses terrorists you know what i'm saying like if you have this this hub of, of where terrorists like to are, are known to congregate and to be converted and different things, you know, if you and you know that about that area of the world, and 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 we know that we in this country don't have a very good or 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 great track record for vetting people coming in, refugees coming in from those areas to determine whether or not they've been radicalized. We know that that's not a you know that's not that's a fact. Maybe we should stop allowing people in from other countries who 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 come from these places. Now, yes, if it just so happens that they're Muslims, you know, so be it. I don't care. I don't care if they're aliens, but if they come from a highly populated terrorist area. Then don't let them in. Not, I don't care if they're Christian. They could be Christians. You know what I'm saying? They could be Christians, Muslims. Whoever, but if they come from a, a, a you know a place where terrorists hang out, you know I mean I'm I feel, you know I mean, at least let's have a, a a vetting process whether it's through testing or interviews or monitoring or whatever it is to figure out who these people are who who is actually coming into this country to make sure that they're not terrorists until we can make sure people are not terrorists. I don't think we should let people in, you know, and I don't have the answers for exactly how we figure that out. But until we have a process, do you want to take a chance at allowing 
you know, hundreds and maybe thousands of terrorists, potential terrorists into the country? I know I don't. And that's, that's, and I'm just being honest with you guys. You guys know me. I'm being honest with you. That's how I feel. And I feel like that's what Donald Trump was saying. It's like, look, he says something has to be done. He said, I don't, you know, we got to figure it out. There's terrorists coming in here. Not everyone. He said, but there are a lot of terrorists. We have a terrorist problem. We need to figure it out. And until we figure it out, I don't think we need to be allowing a whole bunch of, you know, Im, uh, a whole bunch of immigration in, into this country. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I don't think that's a, that, that's a policy issue. If you don't agree with that policy, then don't vote for him based on that policy. But, like, come on. Don't, don't sit there and say, oh, you know, he's racist. Because I just, I just basically summarized everything that Donald Trump said. So if that makes me a racist too, then, hey, I guess I'm a racist. But I think we all know that would be ridiculous. You understand that? It's okay not to, to not to disagree with or not to agree with someone on policy. So those are the things that, and that's, those are the things that I have a problem with Hillary Clinton putting out there. And that's where her attacks, let, uh, I spent all that time saying that because that's what she was focused on during the debate. All of this stuff, the business practices, the, the racism, racist stuff, it's all based on nothing. It's not based on substance. So I can't hear her, and these are her power punches. These are her power punches. How are your power punches based on nothing? I can't say you want to debate if, if you're not really speaking of substance. And, the, and to me, the things that she could have hit him with that would have been based on substance, I didn't feel like she did an effective job. And I, I, didn't, I, you know, I, I felt like Donald Trump had a, a response for just about all of her uh, her power punches, you know. Now, he was saying by his power punches, his knockout blows. I mean, she, I, I got it on tape. I, I DVR'd it. Like she was just silent. <laughs> like y'all saw that half the stuff he was saying. Like she didn't even say anything. You, what are you talking about? They don't, well, let's let's talk about. He said, now you know he, he brought up the. The super, he was like, yeah, you know, you made this comment and you even went on to apologize, but you referred to black people as super predators. He said, I don't think that's good. He, and he was actually very uh, diplomatic with how he how he put that. I was waiting. I've been talking about this the last several months. I've been waiting for somebody to bring that up. The media sure as heck isn't going to do it. So I was, I was ecstatic to hear Donald Trump bring up the fact that Hillary Clinton referred to black people as super predators who need to be brought to heel. I, I'm like, what? How super predators? And she even said that wasn't cool. And I don't know. I for the life of me, I don't know why so many black people, you know, think that's okay. You know how they can vote for. It. How, I'm waiting for him to talk about Margaret Sanger. Because how do you support a, a, a candidate or anyone who says they support black people, but they idolize someone who feels like blacks need to be exterminated? Margaret Sanger is a racist. I sat there and watched a few speeches of Hillary Clinton saying nothing but positive things about Margaret Sanger and idolizing her, telling her how much respect she has for her. I'm like, what? How do you respect someone who hates blacks? Now, real quick, now, I'll just like, like, if somebody can answer that question, give me a call. The question is, how do you respect someone who doesn't respect, you know, or, you know what I'm saying, blacks. 
And I don't I don't get that. There is no logical explanation. And he brought that up. And she watch Google, you know, go go back on if you DVR'd it, watch that part of the debate. You know, and and she said nothing. She had no response to that whatsoever. So there, so there was that. Now, the, uh, I mean, there's so much stuff. There's so, I mean, there's so many different things. Then he brought up the fact that, you know, these emails. You know, she she said in the, in the first debate, the last uh, town hall style debate. Uh, who was it? Who was it? Uh, Matt Lauer, I believe, or whoever the heck it was. You know, asked her, was like, yo, you know, what's up with these emails? And she's like, no, 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 that was a mistake. That was a mistake that I apologized for, right? But then she goes on to try to justify it. And she spends like the next 10, 15 minutes trying to justify it. Now, someone someone must have told her. Someone must have told her, like, yo, don't do that. Because I even talked about it. I was like, yo, you can't do that. You can't say you apologize for something, but then go in and try to justify it, which she did last time. But this time around, she didn't say anything. She was like, hold on. Not only did you delete these emails, not only did you send the emails, then you deleted the emails, and then when you were caught about the emails and called to testify, you had your staff take the Fifth Amendment. How are you going to plead the Fifth to avoid it? Listen, you guys know what the Fifth is, right? Like, you know how they say, I plead the Fifth? Plead the Fifth in a, situa- in a court. The only reason you're doing that is because you don't want to incriminate yourself, <laughs> Right? So think about it. Why would you have your staff when asked questions about crimes you've committed? Why would you tell them to plead the fifth? What's, if, if it's just an honest mistake and there was no criminal behavior, no criminal activity, what do you need to plead the fifth for? The fifth says you don't want to incriminate yourself. How can you incriminate yourself if the whole thing isn't criminal? Obviously, it was criminal. Which really is something that everyone knows, and I, you know, it's just crazy because the media, and again, Donald Trump, and the media's portrayal of Trump has caused everyone to be blinded by that. We're about to put a criminal White House. I, I listen, guys. I followed politics since I was a little kid. I remember watching the elections with my parents growing up. Okay, and there has never been. Listen to what I'm telling you. There has never been this great of a scandal, this egregious of a crime committed, this level, this high level, a federal criminal, a criminal federal investigation against a a presidential candidate. You guys know that's never happened before, right? Never. There's never been a, a, a you know, a presidential nominee running for office under criminal federal in investigation, you know the way. But yeah, we are. But everyone is just overlooking that, and say, okay, don't worry about it. We'll still vote for her. that. You know, that's that's like beyond me. I do not get that. But that's what happens when you buy something. You control people's perception of it. That's what she paid for. She's like, look, I don't know what y'all gonna do, but you gotta make these people believe. You know, that is not that big of a deal. And, and whatever, you know, she's done it. She's, they've done a good job of it. It's called media propaganda. 
And you have the is a show. I what's it? I don't have time to Google it right now. I should have did it before the show. There's a new show coming on with the with the young woman from Covert Affairs. Um, I forget the name of it. It's called uh, something. I forget. But uh, it's a new show coming out, and it, and it focuses on uh, media on the media and and how they exactly how they sway the opinions of of you know the the city, American citizens. It's, it looks like a pretty interesting show. I get y'all the name a little bit later. You know, so you got the super predator comments. She's deleting thirty thousand emails. She's responsible for all those deaths over in Benghazi. You got, you know, I mean, seriously, Benghazi, and she lied about it. You know, I mean, so that's those are the the those are her knockout. That's Trump's knockout punches, which I felt like he delivered. To the point where she had no response. She listen, what I, you guys. This is no debate about this. There's no debate. We've been debating for two, three days. But listen, to what I'm saying to you. Those three, the the main points I just named. Donald Trump's power punches. Hillary Clinton had no defense for whatsoever. When presented with this this stuff, she all she could do was be quiet and just apologize. That's it. You know what I'm saying? And I, so it's, a, it's like impossible for her to have won after accepting and having to accept all of those power punches and just take it. I mean, like, did he really take that, take that? You know what I mean? She just took it. All right? Now, I don't even know. I mean, you know what I mean? So that's that's my overall view of, of the election. You know, when I look at... You know, but aside from the, or excuse me, of the debate, when I look at the overall election, though, this whole elect, election season, there are more issues out there than were presented during this debate. You know, if you, for me, and I've talked about this before, but if you look at gun legislation, you know, she's not openly saying it. Barack Obama isn't openly saying it. But yeah, at the end of the day, they would, liberals in general are pushing towards removing guns. They want to take away our guns. You guys know that, right? You know, that that right now they're talking about, okay, we want to impose stricter laws to purchase the guns. But that's just the beginning of it. Once you put the laws in place to make it harder to get them, the next step is going to be to, you know, to limit what people can have. And obviously they're going to start with certain types of bullets and they're going to start with certain, you know, drums that hold you know, a hundred round drums and thirty, forty. You know, uh, you know the uh, the ammunition that holds thirty or forty. Uh, you know, bullets. Um, you know that that type of stuff. <clears throat> uh, then, but then you're gonna get to you know, they ban the automatic rifles. Now, you know, soon, you know, military style assault rifles will be banned. <clears throat> you know, hunting and you know, if you just want, if you just want to have an AR-15 like I have. I have an AR-15. A lot of people like going to the, the gun range, shooting, you know, big guns, cool guns, not automatic guns, but just semi-automatic, you know, those are going to be banned also. They, people are saying, well, why do you need those types of guns? Well, why do you need a lot of things? I mean, it's, you know, it's not about needing. I don't need a nice car. I could drive, I could ride a bike. I could take public, you know, people like nice things. They like what they like. You know, it's why can I not have a gun collection? I have guns I've never shot. I've gone to gun shows and just bought guns because they look cool. I have no intention of buying bullets for them or, 
or, or, you know, shooting them or going to a school and shooting it up. I just like guns. You know, is that is that a problem? Should I, am I, you know, should I be penalized because the government wants to engineer one of these shootings to, to pass gun legislation through? Is that my fault? Should I be held responsible? You know, or if someone actually just decides to shoot up? Because you know it's both, right? I'm not going to talk around it like I don't like I don't understand it. Some you know bad things happen. Yes, there are crazy people out here, but let's not be you know let's not get it twisted. The government absolutely engineers a lot of these shootings specifically to pass legislation. A lot of people, you know, a lot of people say, oh, my God, what are you talking about? That goes against what I saw on CNN. That goes against what I saw on NBC. That goes against my overall way I look at life. To feel, to, for me to accept that the government is, in actuality, not my friend and, do, and, and is okay with the mass loss of life in order to pass legislation that's financially or politically beneficial. That goes against everything that I've known my entire life. So I, I just can't. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to believe that. And that's how many, many people feel. But guess what? That doesn't mean that it's not true. It doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Do some real research on what 9-11 was all about. You know, people really I mean, you if you really think, not to get too deep on y'all, but I hope no one at this point thinks that terrorists were, quote-unquote, terrorists, were responsible for 9-11, okay? Like, that was something that the government did. You know, if you look, and if you, I mean, even if you don't understand it all, go watch Fahrenheit 9-11 or do some research about what was going on financially, you know, around the world. You know, we do business, you know, with with these people. (laughs) The same people who, quote, unquote, took down the towers, like the United States does business with. You know, for people who understand the government, how it really works, this is common knowledge. But for people who get their news straight from CNN, exclusively from CNN, they're like, oh, what are you, what are you talking about? But I'm not saying anything that everyone who knows anything about the world, the way the world works, it doesn't already know. All right? So that's it. I mean, you can, now, even if we looked at this stuff from a spiritual standpoint, you know, we're talking about this debate. But how, how can Hillary Clinton win a debate amongst Christians when she supports gay rights, when she supports abortion, when she supports this transgender movement, how does she quote unquote win a debate uh, with uh, in the eyes of Christians when she stands for everything that Christians supposedly should be against? You know, and I'm just asking, like, how do you, how, like, why do you? I'm about to put that on Facebook. I mean, I, I've already done it many times, but. You know, it never gets old. It's like, yo, how and why do so many Christians support someone who's, who fundamentally supports things that God is not for? You know, I mean, it's, I, I watched a, a movie yesterday. It was called Free State of Jones, starring Matthew McConaughey. And it was actually pretty good. You know, it just, it just kind of, you just got to understand, man, the Democratic Party historically has not been for us. I mean, you guys know that, right? They fought to keep slaves, to keep slavery in effect. The Democratic Party. A lot of people think it was reversed, or I don't know what people think, but it's it's all media propaganda, all media bias. They want you to think that, oh, Republicans are for the rich, and they're racist, and Democrats are good, just because we have a black president. 
you know, really putting a, a black president in office really was, you know, a big part of that mass manipulation. Just to change, you know, it's like, oh, how could a black president be racist? Oh, it's very easy. You know, when you when you go along with a particular agenda, you know, people don't really understand what Obamacare is all about. But I don't even want to get into that right now. But follow the money. Look at who get who's getting rich of Obama off Obamacare. People think, oh, that was done to help us. Help us. People are getting rich off of that. The government is getting rich off of that. Special interest groups are getting rich off of that. You know, so we gotta we gotta really look at you know, follow the money, and that's it's time now for these these billionaire companies to get their money back. Okay, you give me all these millions of dollars for my campaign. All right, well you gotta pass uh, you gotta pass Obamacare. You gotta pass X, Y, and Z law. That's gonna bring me back in. Get give me these millions back plus about twenty thirty million. I need some interest on this loan, Hillary. You know, and, and all this money that she's been paid, all this money that she's got for her campaign. I mean Hillary Clinton is what you call a baller. She gets paid to speak privately. Her campaign gets money. You know what I'm saying? She gets money. Where's all this money coming from? Well, they're banking on she the fact that she'll be elected. And then these these people will get that money back, back through various laws and policies. That's how Donald Trump has exposed that. Bernie Sanders has exposed that. That was another thing that I felt like Donald Trump did a good job of on, on, during the debate. He exposed the fact <clears throat> that of, of how corrupt the system is because he put her on blast. He said, oh, hold on. You talking about corruption and this and that. The emails were leaked that showed how y'all screwed Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders was screwed. He was politically correct when he said he was like he was mistreated and he was this and that, treated unfairly. But no, nah, Bernie Sanders was screwed by the corrupt Democratic Party, and that was proven, proven by these emails that were leaked. And, I'm, and for the life of me, I don't see why everyone is ignoring the fact that these emails were leaked and they showed just how corrupt the Democratic Party is. You know what I'm saying? Like, what, what people forgot about that? People say, oh, I'm just going to ignore that? Like, it showed it. Like, people, that's how the media is. When they don't focus on something, when they don't shove it down your throats the way they're doing with some of these police shootings and all this other stuff they want you to see, you know, it's just like oh, it just gets swept under the rug. And that's something that, you know, is unfortunate because there's so many issues out here that are not being focused on because the media has chosen to not make a big deal out of them. You know? I, you know, and what, so, I mean, like I said, I, I don't want to be here all day, um, but one of the things I do want to talk today about, because uh, that, that's the, the uh, debate. Like, that's, those are the main issues. And if, you, if anyone is honest, I said this online, I feel like if anyone is honest, you know, I know you don't want to. I, you know, especially if you're you're not a Trump supporter, you you can't stand it. I know it, you know, but you don't want to. You don't want to go along with what they. You don't want to be a pawn. Don't be a sheep. You know what I'm saying? You you want to be honest with yourself. And if you're looking at the points that were made, if you're looking at, you know, the impact that certain things had just being brought out into the air 
being said, you know what I'm saying? And and seeing her response or lack thereof, there's no way that anyone can really look at that debate and say, you know what, I feel like Hillary Clinton got the better of come on. It just it wasn't even close. It was not close at all. You know? It's like it's like somebody called into my show. You guys don't know this person and somebody called into my show. You know, you liked me. You you've been listening to me for years. You enjoy the show, but that this person is dropping all this information, da 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 and they're telling me off, and I'm not saying anything. He's like, yeah, they done told him off. Like, what? You might like me, but you, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You got to keep it real. You can't say I, I, I you know, destroyed someone if, if really they destroyed me. So you got to look, you got to be objective. Or you don't, you know what I'm saying? You don't have to do anything. Most people are not being objective. They're speaking off of emotion. They don't like Trump. So no matter what happened at the, during the debate, you know, he did horrible. Hillary Clinton won. It's like, okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Which is it's crazy to me. Like there were some time, like for example, even, I feel like even, I mean, it's always been biased. It's always been biased. But even like in the, the Obama debates, I remember a few debates where it was like, you know what, he didn't really do that good of a job. You know what I'm saying? Like he didn't really, he, I remember a couple of times he was, he, he was too calm. He was too cool. Y'all remember that one? I forget. I forget if it was Mitt Romney or if it was uh, uh, McCain. I forget, but he was just too laid back. And they, everybody was saying afterwards, like, yo, you, you know, you, you got killed. You, you lost, they said he lost that debate. You know what I mean? And, and, and he came back more aggressive in the following debate. I remember that. So I'm telling you, you can like somebody but still say they lost. You might like Meek Mill, but guess what? Drake won that battle. You might like Jay-Z, but guess what? Nas won that battle. So, briefly, I wanted to talk a little bit about Stop and Frisk. I told you I was going to talk about Stop and Frisk. And, um, you know, Stop and Frisk is is something that, for me, is really it's a moot point because, you know, it was ruled unconstitutional. But what I want to talk about is not so much stop and frisk, but what stop and frisk represents, you know, what we as a community need to do to get some of these guns and drugs off the street, okay? I mean, we got thousands of illegal guns. You got you got these niggas standing on the corner at 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock in the morning, you know, uh, you know stick up kids lurking, my sister got stuck up down on South Street here in Philly, you know, several years ago. You know, um, I mean, we all know someone who's been a victim of crime, you know, in some capacity. And my, my question is, why, why do we hear so many people not talking about the level of crime, but instead focusing on the, uh, the number of unlawful, excuse me, the unlo- number of unlawful stops, the number of, uh, you know, talking about racial profiling. And and while these things absolutely exist, stop and frisk resulted in thousands of guns being taken off the street when it was in when it was uh you know going on. You know, and I just think that we need to not be so politically correct. You know, people would rather the guns be on the street. And they would rather people be walking around committing these crimes 
than to have a few people, innocent people, stopped. And I'm the opposite. I would rather be stopped because I don't carry guns. I have no problem being stopped. I said if me being stopped results in a little girl, you know, keeping her life, you know, not being shot in the head, guess what? I'm okay with that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm cool with that. I have, I have no problem with that. Because guess what? I know how to interact with police. I know how to be respectful. I'm not a criminal. If I have a gun on me, guess what? That gun is, is legally owned for my self-protection. Not to go stick someone up, but people need to go walk through your hood. You, you don't like stopping and frisk? Go, go see how safe you feel walking through the worst neighborhood in your city. At, at 12 o'clock at night, and then you tell me if you feel like stop and frisk is a bad idea. Go walk through your hood. You probably won't do that. Why? Because you, you're scared, and the irony is that the people you're scared of are the same people that should be targeted by police. That's the irony of the whole situation. You know, what's the problem with, you know, with, with looking for people who look suspicious? Now, again, if someone's walking down the street, you know, coming from work, they're in a business suit, they're just minding their own business, well, guess what? They don't look suspicious. People say, well, yeah, how do you know you won't be stopped? I don't, I don't know, but, I mean, I, I try not to look suspicious. You know what I'm saying? I don't think I look suspicious. If I do, I mean, you know, who knows? I mean, but I try, not to, I try not to give police a reason. If I see a cop, I try to go out of my way not to look suspicious. That's why I usually don't have a problem. But there are, but, but what we have, we have, we've become so politically correct that it's like we we become desensitized desensitized to what is in fact suspicious behavior. We see suspicious individuals all the time. You, you look at Chicago, places where the crime is at the highest. And people would still have a problem with stop and frisk in these criminal, these highly crime areas. Problem with that. You know that's where the crime is. Why would you not want those guns off the street? People are more focused on defending criminals than they are prosecuting criminals. People would rather defend a criminal who was harassed by the cops than to put that, you know, push to put that criminal in jail. That's amazing to me. It's like we we have this victim syndrome. You know, we just want we we sympathize and empathize with with victims or people who we perceive to be victims. People say, you know, well, would you, uh, you know, was Trayvon acting suspicious that night? Would you? Should he have been stopped and frisked? Well, I mean, maybe. You know, maybe. Who knows? I didn't see him then. I don't. I don't know if he was suspicious, but I know what the toxicology report said. You know, see, when people, this is, I've never, this is amazing. I've never seen this on the news. You know, I've never seen, they don't focus on it, but, but the toxicology report, which was actually brought up at the trial, revealed that Trayvon Martin was high on what, what is commonly referred to as lean. The stuff that Meek Mill and Jay-Z and, you know, different rappers and entertainers sing and rap about lean. It's, you know, it's, you, you make it, you sip on it gets you high. Well, Trayvon Martin was high. That's that's what the Skittles were for. 
That's what the watermelon-flavored iced tea was for. He was mixing up that lean. He was sipping on the lean. So, yes, I mean, so maybe. I don't know what he was doing, but, I mean, if he was high on lean when he was shot, then chances are, yes, he probably was acting in some form of erratic or, or, you know, suspicious manner. But, see, that's not what the – that doesn't fit the media's agenda of telling you that. But that's, again, that's what the toxicology report said. So I think we have to get back to not making excuses for certain things and just talking about it for what for what it is. If someone's a criminal, I'm not saying shoot them. I'm not saying harass them. But, you know, I, like, for example, I, I was stopped in Frisk in, in college one time. It's only happened to me one time in my life that I've been stopped in Frisk. In, in that type of situation, I was just walking down the street. Cop, two cops came up. To, I was in Indiana, Pennsylvania. And he said, uh, excuse me, excuse me, sir. Can you stop right there for a minute? I said, yes, sir. Can I help you? Yeah, uh, if you could just, uh, we're just stopping you real quick. You mind uh, putting your hands on the wall, spread your legs real quick? Uh, you have any identification on you? I'm like, what the heck? I'm like, yeah, it's in my back pocket. He's like, okay, you can go ahead and get it. I said, you know, sir, I don't really, uh, you know, feel comfortable. He's like, no, it's fine. Go ahead. You know, just get slowly. He's like, just grab your wallet. All you need is some identification from me. We'll get you on your way. I said, okay. I got my identification. He looked at it, looked at me. He said, all right, man, thanks a lot. You're, you're free to go. I said, Can, do you mind telling me why you stopped me? And he said, well, you act, there was a, a a robbery not too, not you know, in this vicinity not too long ago, and you actually fit a description. Now, I didn't get into I, you know, I was like, all right, cool, that's cool. I was like, thank you. I kept it moving. I wasn't going to sit there and get in a debate with him. But afterwards, I'm thinking, like, and what description might that have been? <laughs> what, black male? You know what I'm saying? But I was in Indiana, Pennsylvania. But I'm just, you guys, again, I had no problem being stopped. Because, one, I'm not a criminal. I, I wasn't the person that committed that robbery. Two, you know, maybe them stopping me would have led to, if I was that guy, maybe that would have led to, the apprehension of someone who might have broken into my house or broken into my car. Who knows? So I have no problem with stopping first, especially, you know, in, in high crime areas. Now, do I feel like the pol- there are many police officers who are operating out of fear, who are operating out of racial hatred, and they took that stop and frisk? and made it into something criminal and some something, you know, totally inappropriate, you know, racially biased. I mean, absolutely. There are absolutely cops out there who did that stuff. You know, race they're race they're racist. Shoot, your boss is probably racist. You go to work, don't you? You know what I'm saying? It's not about cops. It could be anybody. There are a lot of racists out here, period. The auction I go to, I buy cars, that a lot of them are racist. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, everybody's racist, and many of these people are racist in, in their own way, whether it's cops or whoever. You know what I'm saying? I, I know a lot of Indians who, 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 don't, who don't like me. Not Native Americans, but, like, just Indians. Like, people not from here, they just look at you like, you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, what, what do I do? You go, and it's Asians. You go walk into one of these Asian corner stores and just walk around. You know what I'm saying? They get mad. You know, they get pissed off at you. You did, why? Because you look like a nigga. You probably they think you're going to steal something. Is that racism? Is that prejudice? Sure. You know what I'm saying? So it's not just white cops. It's, you know, it's, shoot, I'm racist. I, I, hate, I hate some of these people, man. These, 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 these niggas out here, these, these 
criminals out here, these thugs. I can't stand them. You, you feel what I'm saying? If, if I can, listen, if I can't stand them, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I know what it is. I'm in. I'm out here in the streets every day. I see the thugs. I see the guns. I see it all. I I can't stand them. So just imagine what white people think when they see them. You know what I'm saying? And and keep it real. Imagine how you feel when you see them. Don't act like it's just me. Don't act like it's just the cops. You see someone standing on the on the corner, and you know they're selling drugs. You probably in your mind, you probably damn niggers, fucking niggers out here. That's that's what you say. So imagine what these white cops say. You can't get mad at them when you know you'd be feeling the same way a lot of times. You know, the problem with it is a lot of them take it to the extreme and label us all as that, you know. But I'm not talking to this. The stop and frisk debate isn't about, you know, everybody, all black people. It's about criminals. And so, I, you know, I would like, I mean, you know, whether they're going to bring it back or not is really irrelevant. I want people to just, I try to change people's way of thinking. I'm trying to tell people see things like, yo, stop and frisk is not the problem. The criminals are the problem. There's a real problem if you have more of a problem. I'm about to post this on Facebook. There's a serious problem if you have more of a problem with stop and frisk than you do actual criminals standing up on a corner at 12 o'clock at night. And for many people, they, they do have a bigger problem with the policy. They have a bigger problem with racial racially motivated cops you know what I'm saying, than they do actual killers, actual stick-up kids. I mean, that's that's my views on stop and frisk. You know, I know when it was in, in uh, the the law was in operation over in uh, New York, for one, which is one place where you saw a, a drop in crime. Um, you know what I'm saying? You, you saw guns being taken off the streets. You know, and if, if that's not your answer, if that's not one of your solutions, I encourage everyone to uh, let's start the process of, of getting, of coming up with solutions, you know, coming up with policies that or different solutions for for reducing crime. I really, the funny thing is we talk about this crime, but I really don't even hear too many people talking about crime or, or, or voicing a problem with crime. All they talk about, is, is racist cops. So that's it for me, guys. You know, I just want to talk to y'all for a little bit, and I'll let y'all get back to work, let y'all get back to chilling, whatever it is that y'all are doing today. But I want to thank everybody for listening in today. I believe uh, the the next debate is about, what, maybe next week or the week after. It's less than two weeks away. So definitely check that out if you missed this one. Check out the, the rebroadcast or whatever. Uh, Watch the next debate and, you know, and try to keep an open mind. You know what I'm saying? Keep an open mind, but more importantly, keep a godly mind. You know, keep a godly mind. You know, put God first and really ask yourself, who's God? who, who would God say won the debate? Who would God vote for or if you would vote at all? You know, but ask yourself, would God approve of you supporting someone you know, who supports abortion, who supports homosexuality, who is an advocate for transgender rights. What kind of crap is that? Y'all tripping, man. I got to go, man. That's it for me, man. I thank y'all for listening in, and I'll see you next time.